Good morning and welcome. And the Lord be with you. And grace and peace to us all. In the name of Christ our Lord. It is Christ who calls us to this time of worship. It is Christ who reveals himself through the word proclaimed and reveals himself as we gather at his table. It is a great joy to share in this time of worship with you, to welcome you to worship at First Church. I would remind you, especially those guests or visitors who are with us, you bless us by your presence. We thank you for sharing in worship at First Church. And I would remind you of the registration pads that we find in our pews because it helps us to know that you share in worship this morning. It is also helpful to be attentive to the numerous ministries which are before us. We remember the small group meetings uh, Tuesday with the women's study taking place in the Uptown Ministry Center at noon and also the Living Faithfully study that takes place at 7 o'clock. The Living Faithfully study will also move to the Ministry Center this Tuesday evening. It has been in our fellowship hall, but we will move that study to the Ministry Center uh, for the next three sessions beginning Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Remember as well the Lunch Bunch ministries are vital to the ministries of this church each Tuesday and Thursday morning at 10, always uh, blessed by volunteers to help with that ministry and we see that staff, parish, and finance will be meeting this week as well. Well, we have come to the conclusion of our stewardship campaign, and again, we see that referenced by way of the bulletin covers that is before us. We remember the words of the founder of the Methodist movement, John Wesley, who instructed people of faith to earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. So those words are before us again this morning. I'm hoping that you have been prayerful in regard to your commitment cards and that you may have brought those with you this morning, uh, during the singing of our final hymn, there is the invitation, N not just to come forward with those cards as a gesture of your commitment to the ministries of God, but also for a time of prayer, to know God speaking to us and revealing himself to us as we gather for prayer as his people. As we gather for worship, I'll invite us to prepare now to worship God together.
Let us stand as we share in our call to worship. All that we are is a gift from God. All we have is a gift from God. There are no words to describe the wonders of God's creation. Rejoice as we join together in praise for God's great gifts. may be seated. We go to God as we pray. Our opening prayer is before us in our bulletins, also projected before us. Let us pray. Lord God, maker of heaven and earth, we gather together in your name 
we come as living sacrifices to offer you our worship and thanksgiving, our praise and our prayers. Come among us, living Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit, transform our hearts and minds so that we may recognize your presence, hear your voice, know your will, and walk in your way. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. We proclaim the word of God first as it comes to us from the 138th Psalm. It's number 853 in the back of our hymnals, also before us. And we will share responsibly as we proclaim this word. There is a sung response that we are invited to sing when you see the red R. And I also invite you to respond with the bold print. But before we proclaim the word of God, first we pray. Heavenly Father, by your word we are brought into being. By your word we are sustained, nourished, and fed each day. We thank you for your life-giving and life-saving word. And may it find home within us and to bear fruit for your sake. Amen. First, we will have the response, uh, the sung response played, and then the choir will sing, and then we shall offer our songs, uh, our voices in unison as well. give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for the Lord is high but regards the lowly. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. O Lord, fulfill your purpose for me. I sing your praise. 
This is the word of our Lord. We stand as we sing. We share the New Testament lesson from the epistle uh, of the Apostle Paul, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Let us hear the word of our Lord. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I bid everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith which God has assigned him. For as in one body we have many members, and all the members do not have the same function, So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. 
Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who contributes in liberality, he who gives aid with zeal, he who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. This is the word of our Lord. Well, each week I receive by email a multitude of church-related messages. Many of these emails want me to purchase a particular product or service. Other emails wish to pass along helpful ministries to use in the church. Other emails offer cultural observations that they believe may be of enlightenment to the church. Some of these emails dare address politics. Most of these emails remind me that there is a reason why on the eighth day God created the delete key, and it was good. However, one such email this week I did not delete. It was an email from a pastor named Tom Rayner, who has spoken to issues of church leadership and vitality for several years. I and other pastors who subscribe to his email list receive an email or two from Tom practically every week, and these emails are generally worth reading. Tom even sends out emails asking those of us receiving his emails to pray for selected churches, and he then provides information about the particular churches well as specific prayer needs, and he also invites those of us receiving these emails to submit our request for prayer so that others receiving these emails may pray for us. I haven't done that, but I'm going to do that. Believing encouraging to, to know that on a particular Sunday, brothers and sisters far and wide will be praying for First United Methodist Church Martinsville. Well, again, this particular email to which I refer from this past week was sent by Tom Rayner. I did not delete it, nor did I read it right away. The headline to the email was this, 20 strange purchases made by churches. Well, I confess, nothing especially attention-getting by this headline, and I just expected it to be some straightforward item in which Tom offers guidance regarding investments or spending practices of healthy churches. And a day or two after receiving this email, I saw it there still in my inbox, and and I gave more thought to these 20 strange purchases made by churches and decided to open the thing. Upon doing so, I saw that this email did not speak to investments or spending practices of healthy churches. Instead, I was to discover this email titled 20 Strange Purchases Made by Churches addressed 20 Strange Purchases Made by Churches. According to this email from Tom Rayner, one strange purchase made by a church was a squirrel cage for the sanctuary. To which Rayner added this comment, I need clarity. Was it to catch the squirrel? House the squirrel? 
a contingency to let the squirrel out in the event the services got too boring. I don't see any squirrel cage here. Another strange purchase we discover were ketchup bottle costumes to demonstrate the need to catch up the church budget. Get it? Get it? Isn't that clever? To which Rayner responds, first step for helping your budget, get a refund for the costumes. A third strange purchase was that of a giant inflatable black cat. Then there was the church that purchased a giant inflatable raccoon. Finally, the church purchased giant inflatable polar bears. There's also the church that purchased live camels, a church that purchased live donkeys, and one church that decided it didn't want to bother with live animals, so it purchased a mechanical bull. Don't have to clean up after that. One church opted for red solo cups to replace the communion cups. Then there was the church that decided it could not live without a confetti cannon. And finally, a church that decided to purchase a radar speed gun. Our finance committee meets Thursday night, so... <laughs> Now, to be fair, we are not told the background to these 20 strange purchases. Not told the motivation for the purchases. We are not told to what degree these purchases were in line with the instruction of John Wesley, earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. We're not told if in the background of these purchases there was the remembrance of these words of Jesus. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to get into heaven. Not told if there's the remembrance in these purchases, as there is in our remembrance, Jesus' words of blessing spoken on behalf of the poor widow who gave all she had to the offering. We're not told in regard to these purchases if there is the remembrance, as there is for us, of the Master who blessed his servants who earned great returns with the wise stewardship of his property while he cursed the servant who acted out of fear with his property. We are not told to what degree these purchases recall the words of the Apostle Paul written to the young Christian church in the city of Rome, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use these gifts. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our teaching to the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Now, according to Paul, these are not strange gifts. 
These are gifts very necessary to the life of the church. They are gifts to be used to the blessing of all. So use your gifts, says Paul. Give your gifts. Your gifts you have received, they are not to be kept to yourself. They are to be put to use in the service of Christ to the glory of God who gave everything. Give so that all may know the good news by which you are saved. Give so that all may know the greatest giver of all. Give so as to align your lives with the most gracious of givers. Now for these past few weeks, weeks in which we have embraced the instruction to earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can, we have done so with no concern regarding the purchase of a squirrel cage. We haven't been talking about purchasing ketchup bottle costumes, and we haven't been talking about the purchase of inflatable cats, raccoons, polar bears, nor are we talking about purchasing red solo cups to replace communion cups, and we have no plans to purchase a confetti canyon, cannon or radar speed gun. Not yet. Now, though it may be true that these strange purchases may be made for sound reasons, we are talking about the support of something other than these purchases. We're talking about something much more than that. We are talking about ministries life-saving and life-changing. We're talking about the voices of children and adults lost in wonder, love, and praise as we worship. We are talking about providing services of worship by which we enter into the presence of the Lord of all heaven and earth, the God of resurrection, the God who has made us in his image, the God who meets us at table. We are talking about our our neighbors in need finding welcome and food and clothing and hospitality within this community of faith. We are talking about feeding the hungry students of local schools. We are talking about being a part of a church, the United Methodist Church, a church whose reach spreads around the world, which means that even now we are supporting ministries helping residents of Virginia and the Carolinas who are attempting to get their lives back together after Hurricane Florence. We are talking about the developing of faith by way of Sunday school and small group meetings. As John Maxwell reminded us so well last week, we are talking about strong ministries for children and families. We are talking about providing space, the ministry of hospitality, and this is no small ministry. Remember, space speaks. It speaks of a church supporting a ministry for high school students, the ministry of young life, by providing office space at this church. It speaks of a church providing space for the Martinsville Community Care Collaborative, actively working with other agencies and faith groups, physicians in various disciplines, so as to provide health care and other services to the underserved of this community. We are talking about a church opening its door to all. No condition. No questions asked a church doing all it can to live according to the heart of the God who has set us here and breathed us into being. 
We're talking about a church living according to the mission God has placed upon us. The mission to live as an uptown church where all are welcome, all worship, and all serve to the glory of God. We are talking about a church guided by the words of God, spoken by the prophet Jeremiah, seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you. We're talking about a whole lot here, aren't we? And we are doing so with the question of Paul before us. A question Paul may ask. How do these ministries take place without the giving of our gifts? Now it seems we are never too far, whether in church or not, from some witness to the scripture John 3.16. Now, I may not need to recite the words behind this verse. So well known is this scripture. For God so loved the world that God gave his only begotten Son. Little wonder this scripture is so beloved, a verse finding expression at sporting events, or on neckties, on license plates. I have a friend who is a gifted distance runner. After running his first marathon, he thought it was pretty cool that his time for this marathon was three hours and 16 minutes. 3.16. Little wonder this scripture is so beloved because in many ways, this is where our faith story begins, beginning with the words, God gave. Because God gave, we have the gift of life, abundant life, the promise of resurrection life. Because God gave, the old is passed away, all is made new. Because God gave, we are forgiven our sins. Because God gave, all that is broken is healed. Because God gave, there is place set for each of us at God's table. And because God gave, we give. Because God gave, we honor and please this most extravagant God. A God whose love for us is such that he gave all he had. Gave until he had nothing left. And gave to us even himself. Amen. I invite us to stand as we respond to the word by affirming our faith with the Apostles' Creed, as found on page 7 in our hymnals and as before us, let us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. 
On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. may be seated. And we go to God as we pray, sharing in a responsive time of prayer that we know as the prayers of the people. Within this time of prayer, I will name various petitions and conclude each of these petitions with the words, Lord, in your mercy, I invite from you the response, hear our prayer, and I invite you as well to name those concerns which you feel led to speak as we go to God, as we pray, as this community of faith. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you honor us and humble us by entrusting into our care those gifts that now and always belong to you. We pray that we would be motivated by faith in the use of these gifts we pray that we would honor you, the most gracious of giver by the offering of our gifts. You are the God standing at the beginning and at the end of our lives, the God who is with us each and every day in between. As we come from you, so we go to you. So in each day that is a gift from you, may we offer ourselves and all that you entrust to us, to your glory and for the blessing of your people. We thank you, Lord, for your call upon us, which is new each day. And we thank you for your spirit, which leads us, motivates us, compels us, so as to be a blessing to all we meet in this community and beyond. Lord, in your mercy. And hear us, Lord, as we pray for the people of this congregation. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for those who suffer and to those in trouble. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Here's, Lord, as we pray for the concerns of this community. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. 
Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your church, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy. For Bishop Lewis, Janine Howard, delegates to General Conference, the Ministries of First Church, Lord, in your mercy, and hear our prayers joined with those of your saints who surround us even now and who gather with us at your table, singing your praises night and day. Lord, in your mercy. Christ, our Lord, invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. I invite us to go to God as we pray responsively the prayer of confession as it is before us and to anticipate the good news that God forgives us. Let us pray. God of grace, you have called us to give ourselves completely to you, yet we often hold back part for worldly pursuits. You have given us the gift of time. You give us time to serve, time to learn, time to grow, time to share. We spend our time serving self. You provide us with opportunity to serve in numerous ways using the talents and abilities we have been given. We tend to hide our gifts. You have provided even the least among us with more financial resources than most of the world. We resist sharing because of fear for the future. You have provided us with a beautiful creation to enjoy. We take it for granted and abuse this incredible earth. The good news is that in Christ Jesus, the old has passed away and all is made new. And there's the good news that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners that proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God. I invite us now to welcome one another as we pass the peace of Christ.
Just a word before we pray uh, for the offering. You'll see the mission boxes are placed here uh, in preparation for receiving the Lord's Supper, as is our custom on the first Sunday of the month when we receive the Lord's Supper. We also have the opportunity to contribute to the mission ministries of the church by way of these mission boxes which are before us. So as you prepare to come forward to receive the body and blood of Christ, remember the invitation to support the mission ministries of this church. Let us pray. Lord, you honor us and bless us with a multitude of gifts, more than we could ever number. Truly our cups overflow. Receive a portion of these gifts returned unto you, that in your care they may accomplish great things for the blessing of all your children. In Jesus' name, amen.
seated. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So we remember and we obey as we gather at the table of our Lord. As we share in this celebration of the great thanksgiving, I'll invite you to offer the responses as you find them either in your hymnal beginning on page 9 or as projected on the wall. There are three responses that we will be invited to offer, and they will be sung responses as our choir will lead us in those sung responses. So we gather at the table of our Lord, and the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water in the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice and union with Christ offering for us, as we proclaim in the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Now, with the confidence that we have as children of God, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and to deliver us from evil, for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing of the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. This is the table of our Lord to, to which each of you is invited. It's not First Church table, it's not United Methodist Church table, this is God's table. And God has set a place for each of us here and uh, wants you to come forward to receive the body and blood of Christ. Our ushers will lead you down the center aisle. As you come forward, there will be two stations here. You will receive a portion of the bread. You're invited to dip that into the cup that is held before you. And then as you feel led, you may kneel here at the communion rail for a time of prayer before returning down the side aisles. So please, come to the table of our Lord. Our choir will come first.
I invite us to go to God as we pray with the closing prayer found toward the page, the bottom of page 11. It is also before us. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. As we conclude this service, we will have a hymn of committal, Here I Am, Lord. And again, during the singing of this hymn, you are invited, as you feel led, to come forward with your cards of commitment, indicating your, your pledge by the ways in which you wish to serve God and his church for the coming year. Or you may just come forward for a time of prayer. But I invite you to come forward as we stand and sing, Here I Am, Lord.
we have known the presence of God as the word is spoken and as we are fed by his body and his blood. And we remember again that God entrusts us with his gifts, he being the most gracious of givers. So now we go as a light representing this one who gives to us life abundant, the promise of life eternal. Go in peace in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.